0: Good morning. How you guys doing? You good? It's a great day to be in God's house. Um, as Johnny said, we're on mission as a church uh, to, to really, this Easter, not just invite, uh, randomly invite people. You can do that as well. Uh, but on mission to personally pray and say, God, who is someone in my world that I can bring with me this Easter Sunday? You know, as you follow, uh, the statistics show us that people um, will come to church if simply a personal invite is made, if you'll reach out to them. And second, uh, many people are open in a unique way to coming to church uh, for Easter. And so there's people who will never cross the threshold of a church until Easter happens. And so we are believing as a church that there are co workers, family members, uh, neighbors, friends who are open in this season for you to invite them and bring them with you. So, Please um, go out to the booth in the back. We've got flyers, door hangers. Um, We also have this bookmark that you can pop in your Bible to just daily be reminded to pray. God, who do you want me to reach out to? Uh, So how many of you have already began to pray? Maybe you've already been inviting some people in your world. Awesome, yeah, I encourage you today. We've got two weeks till Easter, so uh, remember, each one reach one. Let's. What would happen in this room at our 9 a.m. service and 11 a.m. service if every one of us came with somebody? Uh, it, it'd be filled, right? And so let's let's each one reach one. Um, it's good to see Johnny. I miss my brother up on the screen. Uh, something so you guys know, how many of you guys remember Pastor Tony was with us last summer? Um, he is one of the most humble men alive, and uh, you heard about a church plant that just had 80 people, but Pastor Steve wanted you to know that in his movement of churches, there's about 100,000 people that are being reached in India. Um, that's pretty phenomenal, and so it's really exciting that we as a church are getting an opportunity to work with Pastor Tony and so into what God's doing in India The harvest really is ripe, so uh, we celebrate what God's doing there, and uh, we give God a hand for that, right? If you want to turn this morning in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 29, we're closing our series. We've been on the last uh, four weeks. This is our fifth week uh, on relationships, and so uh, I want to give you guys one last try. Pastor Steve's been asking us this question. And uh, we've been getting about 50%, 75% correct answer, but this is your moment to, to excel, all right? Uh, how many of you are in a relationship? <laughs> there were some hands going up quick. Come on, there should be a hundred. Yeah, people are like, ah, is this a trick? Uh, if 100% of the hands went up, it would be 100% correct this morning, okay? <laughs> so, at connect Group tonight, Connect Leaders, ask your group. We're going to give you one last chance. They're going to go for it. Every one of us is in a relationship. Um, all of us are interacting with human beings, whether uh, you're married, have kids, you have a coworker. worker every, everybody here is a son or daughter, you have brothers and sisters. We all have relationships. And the reality is this, is that relationships take work. And sometimes certain relationships take extra work. Anyone found that, you know? um, There was a hand very quickly, like, uh huh. They're right there, you know? Um, Relationships take work and they don't come just ready out of the box, They, they, they take some assemblies, you know, right now. Uh, My husband and I, uh, we're, I'm like an Amazon review junkie right now as we get ready to have our first child because it's a big deal which stroller we're going to buy. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't want hype. We want efficiency. I have an engineer as a husband. It's about effective efficiency, point A to point B. Let's not mess around with frivolous things. And something you find on Amazon reviews that is popping up with kids' items is all of a sudden people are like, this is really easy to assemble. Or, you know, steer clear, this is a death trap. Like, do not buy this bottle, you will smash it. Like, um, you know, you realize that some things, just because they come in a box and they need some assembly, it doesn't mean they're broken. They just need a little TLC. They need you to look at the manual and put them together. And the same way in our relationships. just because there's a breakdown somewhere with your coworker doesn't mean throw your coworker away. Or a breakdown in your marriage, say see you later. No, just because you need some work shows you have something that's alive, and it's just going to need a little assembly. And so this morning we're looking at this subject of uh, humility. It's a tool that unlocks all the other tools as we look. And we're talking about the tool of humility. Humility. You know, Proverbs 29, 23 says, Pride ends in humiliation, while humility brings honor. The message paraphrase says it like this, Pride lands you flat on your face. Anybody have a flat nose this morning? (laughs) True true story, my mom dropped me on my face when I was two weeks old. I've forgiven her, but if my nose is weird, that's why. Uh, It was an accident. Uh, It's complicated. We're working it out. We're working it out. Pride lands you flat on your face, but humility prepares you for honor. Humility prepares you for honor. You know, something I'm, I'm very thankful for in uh, that, that my parents put into to my brothers and I is they really try to instill from a very young age uh, a culture and a discipline of honoring others, walking humbly and honoring other people. Some of you are like, it still hasn't worked. Let's work on it now. No, uh, no they, they taught us to honor. And I remember one of the first relationships that I can remember, it was highly emphasized that we were to honor the gifts and someone else was with our music teachers. And so they put a high value that we'd get music lessons. And I remember I had two guitar teachers and I started at about nine or 10 years old. And they taught us, you honor your teacher. You honor them by practicing when they give you something to practice. You honor them by, by listening and learning. You honor them by, by learning from them, being teachable. And I remember we, you know, my dad and mom would write pretty large checks on a monthly basis to these music teachers. And um, I, I wanted to say, like, I, pay, I, I didn't pay anything. I did nothing. I only, it's grace. I did nothing. I got all the blessing. And um, I remember that, that we're paying them to teach us And yet my mom would still buy a Christmas present for our teacher to honor the gift in them. And there was a season in my life that um, I played soccer and so I had quite a few practices of about four or five days a week and games. And it just seemed impossible. How was I going to keep taking guitar lessons? But my parents so honored my teacher that they said for the next four months when you can't take guitar lessons... We're not going to just tell your teacher you can't go to lessons and we'll resume and start paying you again. They said, no, we're going to pay your teacher because it means so much to us. We're going to pay him even though you'll never get to take lessons. That's honor. And you know what's still in my mind today? Mark Thomas and Dan Cochero, my guitar teachers, they're my guitar heroes. They're amazing. They're incredible. And there was something we learned so great, which was to say, honor the gifts in other people. Walk humbly. You can learn. They're always going to be better than me because they're my teachers. And there's something so beautiful about honor. Have you found that you can unlock the greatest treasures of wisdom in someone when you come humbly to them and you begin to compliment them and you begin to honor the gift in them? Anyone found that? So here's, we're going to kick right off in the message with a challenge this morning. You guys ready for it? You look like you're up for a challenge. The question is this. First it's a question and then a challenge. Are you quick to compliment? Or is criticism the first response? Are, Are we quick to compliment? Do we immediately walk into the room and We talked about last week, Pastor Steve talked about we as humans have a negativity bias, that it's a lot easier for us to instantly gravitate to the negative. We have to work to gravitate to the positive. But when you walk in, can you immediately begin to compliment something about someone? And speak, hey, you're really good at that. You're very kind. Thank you for your excellence in serving. Thank you for, are you quick to compliment or is criticism the first thing that comes to mind? And the challenge today for us, here's the challenge for us, I would challenge you to go to three people today, and you can't go to yourself, okay? (laughs) Natalie, I honor you today. You got ready like a boss, you know, like, doesn't work, okay? You don't count. I challenge you and I to go to three people today and honor a talent, a gifting, or quality you see in them. When was the last time you just looked your child in the eye and you said, you are really good at that? Not sarcastically, not like you're really good at cleaning your room. <laughs> when was the last time you told your boss, I value this about you? Or a coworker? So today, we're gonna, t- we're gonna the challenge is go to three people and acknowledge a gifting that's in them. GK Chesterton said this. If I had only one sermon to preach, it would be a sermon against pride. It would be a sermon against pride. You know, the thing is, is that pride destroys intimacy, but humility unlocks rich relationships. Pride, have you found in your life that when pride is acting out, that it immediately is like a knockout punch in a conversation. It's a knockout punch in your, to your spouse, Though when there's pride, it immediately, it just like shuts down closeness and intimacy. It pushes people away. But humility, it unlocks the door to people's hearts. Amen? You know, this morning I, uh, I decided to come in and I asked, I had a bold strategy, and I, I know, I knew before today that my husband was wise. But today it has been sealed in the books that he is a man of great wisdom, and I'll explain. I I came into the church, we come at different times, and and I I walked in, and I I said, Riley, um, I need you to tell me, do you have any stories of me being prideful to you? Can you give me a story, a good story, of me being prideful? And he looked at me with a question and puzzled look. He says, what? I know he heard me the first time. And he looked very puzzled, very confused. And I said, yeah, like, Riley, like, honestly, is there a story you could think of that would be good for me to share today where I was really prideful towards you? And, 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 and I, re- you know, responded wrong. And he looked at me, and he started to take a step back, and he was like, no way. No, not going to touch it. No way. And that was the day, this moment, I knew he is a man of wisdom. <laughs> he's not even saying a word. Not one word. So I told first service that and Jamie Kelly came up to me and she had this like DTR moment with her husband, Skylar, and she looked at Skylar and she said, could you say something? And he looked at her and he said, I can't think of anything. <laughs> That's right. Humility in action. You know, we know, you know, just some realities of pride is pride, it, it, it focuses on self, Right? Pride, it, it, it leads to shame. It, it always leads to destruction. You ever seen your child, and, and like, you're, you're like, every time you touch the stove, it will burn you, and yet they're like, ha 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 ha. And you're like, it will, that's pride. It always leads to destruction, it always ends. Uh, it leads to conflict, right? Pride is instantly like you, you know, if you're looking for a way to fight with your mate, just be proud. It's instant conflict. Just add pride, you know? It's an easy way to destroy relationships. It ends in humiliation. It ends with us fat. Or not fat. It ends with fat. <laughs> it ends with us flat on our face. I was thinking this morning about probably one of the, the memories I think about in my life, pride manifesting itself. And there's a lot, despite my husband's wisdom, to not tell me. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about the first times I remember pride being in my life, and it has to do with I'm homeschooled. I'm not still. I graduated. I graduated. Figured, you know, have your first child. You should graduate before that. So I was homeschooled. My mother was my teacher, and I remember... As a young girl that, that I would write an essay, or I'd write, I'd have homework that needed her to assess and help me, help grade. And she'd have this red pen. I mean, I love it, I love it. And she would take the red pen. I remember pride manifesting itself because she was simply helping correct where I was wrong so I could learn to be right. And she would go and I would tell her, I would say, like, Bob, you don't need to write on, don't write on there. Just tell me, just tell me, and I'll get it. Don't, I did not want the red ink on my paper showing the world I was wrong. And I realized that was pride. What? Forgive Forgive me, Lord. And pride manifesting. And I thought this morning, does anyone have access in your life to the red pen? To come in and say, that's not okay? Or are you like nine-year-old Natalie saying, don't put the ink on my, just tell me what's wrong? That was pride. Who has access to the red pen in your life to come? The Bible tells us in Proverbs 6, it says six things God hates, and then Just for kicks, it's like actually seven. By the way, you know, addendum, six, not seven things God hates. The first thing on the list of what God hates is a proud look. A proud look. God, if you want to know, there are so many things God loves, but you know what he hates? He hates pride in our lives. The Bible tells us that God gives grace to the humble, but he pushes or resists the proud. Pride is is an is an ugly thing in our lives, and it's very ugly in our relationships. Can I hear an amen? And the reality is this: is pride. It keeps us from intimacy with God and intimacy with others. You know, some people say intimacy is into me, you see. And you ever found that when pride is present, you close up and you don't want to open up to that person? When someone doesn't want to listen, when they're not teachable, you hide your treasure and say, no, I can't let you see. And some of us, we wonder why people are closed off to us, and we have to say, have I been approaching with pride? Am I unteachable? Can I say sorry? Pastor Susie added a great, she's like, another thing in pride is you can't say sorry, right? You are fine. you can't apologize? None of you guys do that. that only happens with, with me. You know, a picture of humility and pride displayed in the Bible is in Luke 18. Jesus tells us a story in Luke 18.9. He says, and Jesus told this story to some of uh, some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. And two men went to the temple to pray, and one was a Pharisee, and the other was a despised tax collector. And the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people. Cheaters, sinners, adulterers, I am certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income, but the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow saying, oh God, be merciful to me for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. You know, pride is Simply choosing to take the high position, but humility is choosing to take the low position. A heart of humility. God, I think all of us this morning, we listen to that and we say, God, please help me not to be the Pharisee, thinking I'm okay to everybody else, but give us a heart like that tax collector that in humility came before God for mercy. I need God's mercy. I need God's help in my relationships, in my interactions with people, in my marriage. Amen? So this morning we're going to quickly run through um, the word humility, and we're going to look at some realities or some principles that are going to help us to walk in humility versus pride. You okay? The first is H. It's the word healthy. Humility is a sign of health, in our lives. Humility is a sign of health in our lives. You know, oftentimes, an unhealthy soul, a, a, a indicator, a symptom, is pride. It's a heart that can't be taught. It's a heart that can't receive from others. You know, every one of us, if, if, if your doctor said, hey, uh, you're a little, your body's out of whack and you need to change your diet, you're unhealthy in this area, and if you're gonna get better, you're gonna have to make an adjustment all of us would say wisdom is obedience immediately and humbling ourselves to those orders and addressing, right? Is that correct? Hopefully, listen to your doctor. Uh, Especially because my dad's doctor is here, and you better listen, dad, okay? (laughs) But listen, humility, healthy, we need uh, to have... Health and our relationships, we need humility. We need to be teachable. We need to to have a heart that learns and receives, amen? Second thing we need is understanding. In my home being raised, not only were we taught to honor, but my mom preached seven habits of highly effective people. I've heard more about the love bank than you guys want to know. I'm emotionally scarred <laughs> by the amount of times that Jake and I fought My mom said, you guys, you are in debt. You need to make some. You've been taking too many withdrawals from the emotional love bank. You need to make some deposits. I'm like, I'll make a deposit. (laughs) You want to know how we know math? It's the emotional love bank. We're like, well, I've said 14 mean things to you. I still got three to go, you know? Too many withdrawals. So seven habits of highly effective people. Like I hear Stephen Covey in my sleep. Riley just hears me going, to love being to partner. No. The second thing that we were taught from Seven Habits was seek first to understand, then to be understood. Pride wants everyone else to figure you out, instead of it's my responsibility to humbly seek to understand where that person's coming from. To, we've been learning that this whole series, right? There's probably a reason your coworker is always in a bad mood. Our job is to understand how that is humanly possible, right? No one else's coworkers would be mad. Or just somebody else, right? No, underst- humility takes understanding to step back, assess the situation, and say, "How can I understand them better?" Right? Third is meek. Humility, the third letter is, is M, and meek. And you know meek, what does it mean? It means strength under control. Did you know meekness is not just, uh, it's not, we- meekness, there we go, rhyming, meekness is not weakness. Meekness is a sign of great strength. To walk meekly, it's not it's not a, a, a person who is weak. It's a person who has learned to say, I don't, I don't need to, to be right in this situation. I don't need to have my way. I can walk humbly and take the humble road and the meek road. It says in Matthew 5, uh, 5, 5 and 6 in the NIRV translation, it says, blessed are those who are free of pride, who are meek, for they will be given the earth And blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for what is right. They will be filled. It says in the New Living Translation, God blesses those who are humble. Anybody can explode on somebody. That's not strength. Anybody can reject and and criticize and be cynical, right? That's easy to come in and tell everybody what's wrong with the room. But it takes strength to come in and say what's right. It takes strength to come in and humbly say, I'm going to call out the best in that person when I can hardly see anything. It's so gray. But I'm going to walk in meekness and humility. Blessed are those who are free of pride who we're not seeking our own agenda in our own way, but seeking the good of others. You guys okay? It's quiet in here. The, we're all like, I'm being meek. <laughs> Meekness doesn't mean just quietness, right? The reality is pride can manifest in silence. Pride doesn't, you know, we oftentimes, we look at the person who's always getting their, themselves in trouble because they're a loud mouth. Those people, they, they fall quickly and they usually get restored quickly, you know? The Peters in life, any Peters in the house, right? Who are like, that was an idiot statement, Natalie. I know, but at least I said it loud and proud and now I can get corrected, you know? <laughs> the danger sometimes is silent pride. I won't offer my insight because I'm too good for this person. I won't help them, so I'm going to sit here with a nice smile while I walk in pride. But meekness is strength and control that says, I'm going to serve you regardless of what I get out of this. I'm going to speak up even when it's hard. Yeah? Uh, it's also humility is intentional. We must be intentional with how we approach every interaction, every relationship, Sometimes we look at our relationships and we wonder, why is my marriage broken? Why is my child broken? You know, I don't have much wisdom yet on parenting, but I figured this out, that Riley and I are, are going to have to actually be the parents of our child. I will be responsible to make sure they eat, sleep, and are not living in their bodily stuff, Ex- Right, intentionality, like babies don't just become adults. They're messed up humans if there's not intentionality in how they're raised and trained. Marriages don't become healthy by ignoring them, they take intentionality. Your coworker will not, you will not have a healthy interaction without intentional uh, uh, time and energy and humility to pour into it, lean into it, and make it better, right? Have you found that in life, relationships drift? They're like a car whose alignment is slightly off. You let go of that wheel, and you start drifting. And have you found most relationships never drift in the right direction? They drift in the wrong direction. And so we have to intentionally grab the wheel, get in the center of the lane, and drive our relationships in the right direction. Amen. We have to listen. Humility listens. It listens first to God. That's where we started this whole series. Start with God. It listens to God humbly. It says in Proverbs 3, 5, Trust the Lord with all your heart. And do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. It says in the, the message, paraphrase, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one that will keep you on track. You know, we have to first listen to God. You know what I've found? God is so faithful to point out where I need to change. You get silent before God long enough and you're like, Yeah, that's pretty ugly, isn't it, God? When you listen for God's voice in everything you do, he's speaking. He's speaking. And second, he's called us to be great listeners. What I've seen in many people who I would highly esteem and are doing an excellent job in life, I find a quality in, in pretty much every single one of them, it's that they are gr- great question askers. They know how to ask great questions and they know how to listen very well. People that I'm thinking, you should be telling all of us everything you know, and they won't. They stop and they listen. They want to hear your story, they want to hear what you're going through, and they learn to listen. My challenge for us, Joy Church, this morning is that today, Catch at how much you're actually listening. Are you actually listening to the people around you? Are you listening to God? What if we stopped and and we made a rule that that, that what if you allowed other people to talk 80% of the time and you talk 20% of the time? Some of you are like, that sounds like a diet. (laughs) No, you know. I would encourage you today, stop, listen. Listening is not just thinking of the next thing you're going to say while they talk. Right? You ever done that? Where they're talking, you're like, I got a great response to I'm gonna answer this so good. I got a great you didn't hear anything they said. Think about this. Some of us, we need to remember little kids what they do. They grab your face if you're not listening. And they aim it right in front of you, and they say, Listen to me, mommy. Listen, daddy. Some of us, God is grabbing our face and saying, humility listens listens to what God's saying, listens to what people are saying. Truly hear them, amen? Insight, now we come to the point, humility genuinely seeks to understand the other person, but it also seeks to give insight to the people around us about what really is going on. You see, not only does pride close other people off from us, but pride will keep us closed, closed from really letting people see in. And humility opens our life and says, into me you see, you can look in, you can see my struggles, you can see my failures, you can see where I'm growing. We have to allow people to have insight into our life if the band wants to come. Now we come to the place of humility. Humility takes a towel. Humility takes a towel to serve. Can I ask you this question? Is there anything beneath you too low, anything that you esteem that you are too great to do for someone else. Because Jesus, in one of the most beautiful portions of Scripture, John 13, he's in his last moments with his disciples, and we don't see him taking the position of one to be served. He takes the position of one to serve. And he kneels and takes the lowest of low positions, the creator of the world, the savior of the world, the one who spoke the world into existence, kneels in a posture of humility. It didn't look like the posture of a king. And there he takes a towel and he washes the feet of his disciples. He told his disciples, guys, you want to know why I came? You want to know why the Son of Man came to planet Earth? It was to serve and not to be served. To give a life as a ransom. See, pride wants to say, no, you got to understand me first. You know it. You got to serve me. You, some of you, you know what you need to do? You need to serve your, your way out of a broken marriage. Some of you need to serve your way out of a dysfunctional work environment. You need to grab the towel. We need to grab the towel and begin to serve our way in humility to say, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to fight my way out. I'm not going to prove my way out. I'm going to serve my way out. I'm going to humbly take the position of a servant and love this person even when it's hard to love anybody think of a relationship that maybe needs a little TLC a little little towel time lastly we need to yield to to stop and say I don't need to fight for my right to be right but I'm going to love this person humbly I'm going to yield the way to them. I'm going to give preference to them. I'm going to let them be celebrated. And I'll stand in the background. So this morning as we land, the Bible says in James 4, verse 5, sorry, verse 6, it says, and he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Do you need grace this morning? Do you need grace for your marriage, grace for your work environment, grace for your small group, grace for your kids, grace for a family member? You see, God wants to pour out generously His grace for your life, His grace for your marriage. But the Bible says that God, He, He pushes away the proud. He opposes the proud. He resists the proud. And you know, I think some of us have to stop and say, have I been actually closing the door to God's grace because of pride? Have I been putting a lid on God's ability to pour into my life and bring fresh grace and a wisdom for this relationship? Because I'll tell you what, humility will open up new doors. It will open the door for God's grace to flood in and to bring fresh wisdom and fresh perspective. This morning may we come like the tax collector who cries out to God, says God have mercy on us we come humbly before you because God is so ready to give his grace, he has grace for relationships what you thought was dead is not dead, if you will let God's grace come upon it, come on that marriage that felt like it's over it's not over, come on that situation that's felt impossible it doesn't have to be impossible let God's grace come upon that as we come humbly to him and humbly before those around us. Would you stand to your feet this morning? This morning, some of you came to this place looking for life, looking for hope. And as we sing and we've talked about, man, there is a God who made a way, who hum- came as a humble servant to make a way for us to have relationship, that he took our place, he was beaten, broken, despised, so that we could have relationship with him. And tonight, this morning, the first thing the Bible tells us, he says that we are saved by grace through faith, that that if we would believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and we would confess with our mouth that we would be saved. And this morning, I'd invite you to take a step of humility. If you say, I need God to save me. I can't do this on my own. I don't wanna try to run this race in my own strength. I need God to give me a brand new life. If that's you this morning, I wanna invite you to step out of your seat and come down here right now. Every person here that says, I need Jesus to save me. I, I need to put my faith in him. I'm humbling myself under Christ and allowing his life to come into me. If that's you, would you just step out of your seat right now, every one of you. Maybe you brought a friend this morning, just turn to him and say, hey, are you right with God? Do you need Jesus? So right now, we're just going to wait just a moment. Every person here that says, I need Jesus to save me. I can't do this on my own. Come quickly right now. For the rest of us, if you're here and you say, Pastor Natalie, I need some grace in my life, I need God's grace, I I need His help to walk humbly, maybe there's a specific relationship you're even thinking about, you need His grace for, right now just lift your hands and let's just with humble hearts receive God's grace, receive His strength for that situation, for your marriage, for your co-workers, for your family members, for your friends. God we come this morning and we thank you that your word is true, that God you oppose the proud, but you give grace to the humble God. And we come with hearts of humility saying, Lord, we need you. We need your wisdom for our marriages. We need your wisdom for our families. We need your wisdom for our jobs. God, would you help us this morning? Help help us, God, to see where we've clung to pride. Help us where we need to surrender and walk in fresh humility fresh grace. God, this morning we take up the towel and Lord, we're going to serve our way out of some of those broken places. God, help us to serve, to not fight. God, we thank you right now. Come on, there's, there's grace being poured out in this place. Grace being poured out in this place, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to sing a song of worship, but after today, we're going to have the elders up here to pray. And I want to encourage you, if you're facing some impossibilities and relationships, come down and get prayer. If you're in a marriage and you need prayer, come down. Let's this morning respond to this word, even in a tangible way. But we're going to worship right now.